Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, this is Rich Myers with NCAT. In this episode, Ann Beyer, a specialist with NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, talks with California pasture poultry producers Caleb Barron of Fog Line Farm on the central coast of Santa Cruz and Gary Roberts of Zinter's Fogbound Farm in Petaluma during a break at the recent small farm conference at the University of California, Davis. Anne, who works out of NCAT's California office in Davis, talks with Caleb and Gary about the essential role that the availability of processing and the processing rules that go along with operations of varying sizes plays in pastured poultry production. Let's listen. This is Ann Beyer, um, Sustainable Agriculture Specialist with NCAT. I'm here at the Small Farm Conference uh, with Caleb Barron and Gary Roberts. And we've just come from a workshop about um, poultry processing. So we're gonna have a little conversation here in the about uh, different ways to process in the parking lot in the parking lot by the student farm uc davis so caleb tell us a little bit about your you and your farm and how you process poultry um yeah uh caleb barron Fogline farm in santa cruz and pescadero on the coast south of san francisco i raise pasture raised broilers and daily moved pasture pens and uh currently i raise uh, about 450 to 500 chickens per week, 52 weeks a year. My outlets are five Bay Area farmers markets and about a dozen restaurants every single week. Um, yeah. And where do you process your birds now? Yeah, so currently I bring all my chickens to a USDA inspected facility in Modesto, California called Squab Producers. And before that, I was I was slaughtering on farm, but I've outgrown the uh, the regulations for that. Cool. How's it working out? It's a whole different set of you know pros and cons from slaughtering on farm. Um, mostly the cons are financial, and the pros are more time to be in the office, aka my van, and. Um, and not be um, stressed about all the time it takes to be on farm slaughtering and wondering and not time, you know, being in the office or getting other stuff done. And does it give you some advantage about where you can sell those birds? Yes, and uh, it's opened up my markets um, to wholesale customers. Um, I, I raise very small batches. Um, one one would say a, a home, homestead scale at this point. And Tell us about your farm. Um, I live on. Uh, and what, what a, it's called. I, I, I live at Zentner's Fogbound Farms um, in Petaluma, out in the Two Rock Valley. We raise a variety of livestock, um, from pasture raised pork and cattle to eggs and chickens for hmm. meat. We're scaling up this year. Uh, in an effort to get more local, organic, free-range chicken available in the Sonoma County market. Um, a lot of the producers in recent years have stepped out of the game because it 
in mostly in part to processing. It's very difficult to get birds processed when you start to scale up beyond the thousand bird minimum. And a lot of people have run into hangups. Yeah, and that's the California limitation up to a thousand birds that they can process on farm. Correct. Under exemption, federal exemption, and state exemption. Yeah. So I'm hoping to work this year to get some of the legislation changed um, and to push for more ability for small farmers to process their own birds and to get birds out to more than a thousand people a year, more than a thousand head a year. Um, because a thousand birds for when we're talking about pasture poultry is it's really nothing. That's that's like a couple batches. It's not enough to run a business off of. You can't really cash flow an operation off of a thousand birds a year. And you were talking a little while ago about the plant in a box and that idea. Is that something you want to say more about? Or Yeah, so Featherman, uh, one of the main companies that produces uh, equipment for poultry processing, has Disclaimer, started... we're not doing any uh, promotion of any business. <laughs> we're we're, we're just having a conversation here. Um, has started about creating... Options. Uh, has started creating um, a plant in a shipping container box that has started to uh, upset the market in other states for small-scale poultry processing. And part of the shift or the change I'm hoping to see come about in the next couple of years in the legislation here is for small-scale producers to be able to utilize a well-built facility that's clean, professionally outfitted, and locally inspected at a state level to process birds that can be sold locally to stores. There's no reason that a USDA inspected facility is necessary for small scale producers uh, to be getting birds out to retail stores and out to more people. Yes. And it would, it would really change the game too in a place like, like California where most people can't afford to buy their own land and you could have... Um, something that if you lost your lease or had to move you could pick up and and move a shipping container yeah which would be ideal for a lot of people and it's affordable i mean it could potentially affordable compared to building uh, something with a foundation what about a a state license plant is that then you that's that that's the goal the... yeah the goal is to is to run a plant in a box as a cdfa uh state licensed and inspected plant um, and maybe to share it as an asset between a couple small farms um, if, if the legislation could be worked out. The problem with me for state inspection, state uh, certified facility, is as someone, as a business, someone focused on running a business and growing, uh, 20000 does really is, does not pencil out to running a business with employees and on the books and a living wage for multiple folks and that's why there's very few in California or around the country is just a limitation on 20,000 birds a year um, is very lim limits your income and output right even if your product is from an approved source and you can sell it lots of places 20,000 is bumping up on, on not being a, a viable yeah, business yeah exactly even though it's a lot it's a step in the right direction it's over a, a thousand. I mean, it's great for diversified operations who um, maybe already have some capital or equity in something else or own their property or um, have something else that's their major uh, 
operate just one, enterprise just one enterprise as part of the farm that maybe has crops but or if, something else. But or, if you want to, I feel like if you want to focus on chickens as your main enterprise and simplify things, you're not going to get anywhere on just twenty thousand birds a year. Hmm. Yeah, the economy of scale starts to actually act again. Up, up to a certain point, the economy of scale is helpful when you're producing pasture poultry, and then you get up above 10,000, 15,000 birds and you need to diversify your markets and the economy of scales start to work against you in as far as you have to drop your price point um, at the wholesale level. You're no longer working direct consumer, you're no longer doing single bird here, single bird there, five birds here, five birds there. You're looking at accounts that are willing to pick up a couple hundred birds and you're going to have to drop the price point for them at that point. Yeah. And Caleb, you've been doing some interesting work with um, kind of your own uh, certified kitchen, is that what you call it? Yeah, I have a... Con- uh, value-added poultry products there? Yeah. Yeah, so I just have a, a shared commercial kitchen space in Santa Cruz, inspected by the county, just like any other caterer's kitchen or restaurant, basically. And uh, we get all of our carcasses back from the USDA, and once we put a knife to it, we're only allowed to sell it direct to consumers. So... Uh, we keep the boxes we get back from the USDA uh, sealed and sell those to restaurants and grocery stores. But then we open up the other boxes and we do all of our own butchery. So we sell boneless breasts and leg thigh quarters and packs of wings and chicken bags. And we make chicken sausage uh, with, very, with basically just a couple spices, but you know, no additives. So we don't have to do any regulations there. And we also brine and marinate um, chicken and just to diversify our, our offerings at farmers markets which has a whole another you know element of difficulty in, in running a business I got two employees who work with knives every day so workers comp uh, payroll um, the, the, the lease the rent on the kitchen all the equipment where you know you could just have the slaughterhouse do it for you and um, but I've since the beginning for 10 years, I just wanted to have as few hands on my product as possible. So we've always done our own butchery and had a commercial kitchen. And uh, it's just great to you know let the customer know who's touched the bird and that you can guarantee this and that. And, um, and it's just been really good for our business. Yeah. So, uh, but very difficult as well. I had one of your marinades recently. That was very good. What are the different marinades you do? We do our main two main are a lemon, parsley, cilantro. And yeah. uh, chipotle. Really good. Chicken, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Well, I know there's a lot more conference to get to. You anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Eat, eat local birds. <laughs> <laughs> eat local birds. Quit, quit buying confinement birds. And please <laughs> please contact us if you have any questions. I'm, I'm here to help. Anne's here to help. I'm sure Gary is. Great. <laughs> well, very rich conversation. Good workshop this morning. We had a lot of people with a lot of great um, ideas and questions and discussion. We're going to head off to some more workshops. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Depending on the platform you're listening on, be sure to rate us and leave a review or comment. For more information on this topic, you can contact Ann Beyer directly via email at annb at incat.org. That's A-N-N-B at N-C-A-T dot org. Also, 
In the description that goes along with this podcast, you'll find links to related Atra resources and links to Fogline Farm and Zinter's Fogbound Farm. Please call Atra with any and all of your sustainable agriculture questions at 1-800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at incat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at N-C-A-T dot org. Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farm planning to pest management, from produce to livestock and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, and other resources at our website, www.atra.incat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.